This is Capital and Scott. I'm your host, Laura Farrar. In just a few weeks, Arkansas farmers will start harvesting crops and will soon also know the impact of the worst drought the state has experienced since 2012. More than a dozen counties have been designated as natural disaster areas after weeks of no rain and triple-digit temperatures. In the final episode of a two-part series on the effect of extreme weather on farming, I speak with John Anderson, an agricultural economist at the University of Arkansas. Anderson, who is the head of the U of A's Agricultural and Agribusiness Department, discusses the market impacts and policy implications of the drought and what early assessments are indicating about the possible economic toll. So, John, welcome to the show. Everyone is hearing that this has been one of the worst droughts in at least 10 years. Has it been that way? I mean, what what has this year been like sort of comparatively to maybe the last time Arkansas farmers experienced something like this? Right. The the last time we had a major drought was 2012. And uh, this this is certainly the worst we've had since then. I don't think, uh, you know, if you look at the numbers... The U.S. Drought Monitor, for instance, is a great source of information on drought severity and and the evolution of a drought over time. You know, if you look at the U.S. Drought Monitor, I don't think that this has been as severe a drought as 2012. I think that was, was, it started earlier and actually intensified more quickly than this year. But this has certainly been a a major and a widespread drought with, uh, you know, what uh, we would formally classify as severe drought over much of the state, including some of our important agricultural areas. So it, it obviously has been a major event in terms of its impact on agriculture broadly in the state. I don't know if you know the parameters for this, but for a major drought, does it have to be a certain number of days without rainfall or temperatures above a certain? Uh... So, and I can't, I can't give you the uh, the complete algorithm, but there is uh, the National Weather Service and USDA work together to to define drought categories, and uh, it basically is a combination of rainfall amounts and temperature and soil moisture. Sure. So. Over the summer, the temperatures have been just crazy. The summer pretty mm-hmm. pretty early on. Would you, were, were people saying, "Oh no," like in June or like mid July? Certainly, when we got into June, we began to really dry out in a lot of places, and uh, that's when I think the more severe effects started. And and certainly July was was well into the drought in many locations with, you know. Very little rainfall, if any, in most parts of the state in July. So, and in July, with the temperatures we had, that obviously intensified the effect. So, but certainly by mid June, we were starting to see that we probably were headed toward pretty significant drought. So, for you and your work day in and day out, when there's when there's a climate situation like this, what have you been doing over the summer with regarding to? Are you monitoring it closely, or how does your work fit into looking at the agricultural sector? That's a great question, and actually, you know, a drought is a a drought is not an unfamiliar situation to those of us who work in agriculture, right? Droughts happen periodically. So we are we are used to working in drought situations. But a drought is a different kind of disaster than than a flood, for instance. A flood's a discrete event. It happens and it moves on and you come in and you assess the impacts and, and, and you evaluate the damage and you get a value for it. And 
you give that to the policymakers and you go on. But a, a drought is really kind of a slow-moving disaster. It's a disaster that evolves, and, and it's kind of open-ended, right? You don't know when a drought is going to end. So with the drought, what we really are usually stuck doing is, is monitoring the situation, trying to evaluate the market impacts of the drought, because those evolve, right? As, as the drought builds, the potential effect on the market grows as everybody sort of scrambles to, to understand what it means for our production, which has a big impact on markets. As we get far enough into the drought, as we get into a position in the growing season to make assessments of, of impact, we try to assess the damage and, and assign a value to that. Our role as economists is, is typically ultimately boils down to, can you assign a value to this? Sometimes you can, and sometimes it's kind of difficult. You mentioned that droughts evolve. It's their quote unquote slow moving disaster. What exactly do you mean by evolve? How would something, how, how do they evolve over time, I suppose? Well, a drought takes place over an extended period of time and it typically as a as a drought is occurring the geographic scope of the drought is expanding right it's very rare for a drought to set in you know in 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 one localized area and just stay there right it it dries and becomes progressively a larger area that's affected by the drought and so that's what i mean the scope of it and the scale of it change as we progress sure and at any time it could start raining somewhere and change the character of the drought Right now, it's uh, middle of August. Uh, the temperatures seem to be getting better. There has been, uh, I guess, some rainfall in recent days. But looking at the impact, when, it, when we're looking at both the, the farming agricultural side with soybeans, rice, and corn, and then the other side with more of the livestock, right now, what are we seeing in terms of impact or kind of what, what could happen with, with harvest coming up? Right. So I think we're in very different situations with the livestock sector in comparison with the crop sector. And uh, I'll start with the livestock sector. And, and specifically, you're talking about forage-based production, which in Arkansas is cattle. We have lost a lot of forage production in the state. Now, what that means is that farmers have not been able to, to have grazing for their cattle, and they have not been able to produce hay that they'll use for feed later this year. So those are real losses. Those are immediate losses. And and we've taken some preliminary steps to try to evaluate those losses. What is the value of the lost grazing that we didn't get in June and July and the first part of August? What's the value of the hay that we would normally have produced that was not produced uh, this summer? And, you know, preliminary estimate is that's about $100 million, the combination of lost grazing value and lost hay value. The response that cattle producers have had to make in a lot of cases has been to sell animals. If you don't have feed, you can't afford to buy feed. The easiest recourse that you have is to liquidate your herd, uh, or at least to scale back the herd fairly significantly, right, to maintain a smaller number of animals. Uh, That's a real loss, but it's not realized immediately. That's going to be realized in a smaller calf crop next year. We'll have fewer animals to sell next year because we'll have fewer breeding animals this year. So those losses really accumulate over time, and those are a lot harder to assess, and we, we haven't at this point assigned a value to that uh, but that's something that from a from a producer's perspective is a real challenge right? I, I've had to take steps this year that reduce my future income because of the drought sure. that's, a, that's a that's a very tangible impact on the crop side we haven't reached harvest yet on our on our major crops we're getting pretty close but uh, we really don't have objective data yet on, uh, on what the drought impacts are in terms of yield. What we do know is that farmers have had to spend a lot more money to produce this crop because of the dry weather. 
most of the vast majority of our uh, major crop production in Arkansas is irrigated. And in a year like this, you have to pump a lot of water to irrigate. And a lot of that pumping is done with, uh, it's all done with energy of some kind. A lot of it's done with diesel engines and diesel has been exorbitantly expensive this year. It's something we've talked about in in other contexts. Fuel prices are something that's on everybody's mind. Uh, Imagine buying diesel a tanker load at a time to run your, your irrigation pumps. And that's what farmers have been dealing with due to the drought. So even though we don't really know, is there a yield effect? How big is the yield effect? We do know that we've had to spend a lot more money than we ordinarily would to make this crop. Sure. Is there something with like a drought in Arkansas that would be different than a drought in another state in terms of just how it impacts agriculture? I visited a farm in the Delta last week. Holly Schaffner, who owns the farm, was telling me in Jackson County that there's plenty of groundwater. Right. The wells are full, but like, as you were saying, the issue is getting the water out of the wells using diesel, just the electricity costs. I think she said last month's bill for them was something like $20,000. Is there something that makes it different and different things that farmers have to do here versus maybe, I don't know, in like California or, or Midwest where there's less groundwater perhaps? Well, I, I think you're putting your finger on the big distinction is, is there the availability of irrigation or is there not? Uh, where irrigation is available, you do have the uh, at least you have the opportunity to save the crop and make a crop yes at at much greater expense but you can make a crop if you're in an area where you don't have irrigation you basically don't make a crop right do you feel like at this point you could say it's going to be worse or it has been worse for livestock versus crops in terms of the impact so far? No, I think it's hard to say. I think it's a little easier to, the, the the losses on the livestock side, I think are more tangible. I think a lot of our farmers have already had to make the decision of, of whether they're going to sell their cattle or not. That herd liquidation decision has largely been made. The lost grazing has already been lost. We know that the loss is realized now. You know, we won't be able to sort of settle up on how the crop side looks until we know what the production looks like so but we know we've spent a lot of money on it but we don't know what the payoff for that for that expense has been yet because we don't have the yield information so the losses have been real on both sides they're just a little more tangible a little more concrete right now on the livestock side right so with the livestock going back to the livestock with that 100 million dollar figure knowing that that's um, indicative of the the financial losses what do you do with that number does it impact policy or research or some type of subsidies like why why does it matter well I, I think it certainly matters from a policy standpoint I mean typically our role as economists with the University of Arkansas is to just try to document what the loss has been other people will decide what that means in terms of a policy response does that warrant a policy response that's the first question uh, if it does warrant a policy response what does that policy response look like is there uh, an ad hoc emergency program is there uh, are there are there standing programs under USDA that this could trigger that could provide support to these farmers is something new needed those are policy questions that our policymakers have to wrestle with our role is to give them the context that they need to try to figure out what's appropriate regarding the the agriculture side i guess and the livestock as well just I am curious, it seems like there are factors this summer that have made this worse, such as we've had global events like the war in Ukraine that is, and there's been fuel increases, price increases, uh, I think maybe fertilizer's gotten more expensive. So you have the drought in general, but then there are these other factors that have maybe made the drought like times 10. Absolutely. And so when I talked about the 2012 drought being more severe, I'm speaking strictly 
from a physical side yes. in terms of how much rain we've had and what temperature has been the 2012 drought was more severe certainly the effects of the drought this year have been compounded by the much higher input prices that we were dealing with well before the drought became became an issue fertilizer prices were rising dramatically back in 2021 and all through the fall and into early this year that continued uh, fuel prices rapidly accelerated as we got into 2022 and so we knew that this was going to be an expensive crop before we put a seed in the ground we knew that because fertilizer and fuel were already very expensive we actually did some analysis uh, at the fryer center for price risk management at the university of arkansas we did some analysis in march i believe looking at how current input costs were affecting the outlook for costs and returns uh, in crop production and that was that was well before the drought was on anybody's radar so we knew this was going to be a difficult year in terms of costs before the drought the drought has certainly compounded that you know we expected to pump water we didn't expect to pump water for a major drought which is what we had to do with very expensive diesel so certainly the effect on the farmer bottom line this is this is not what we would have preferred obviously we'll be right back with more capital and scott hi this is laura farrar The stories we dive into on Capitol and Scott are just a fraction of the reporting the Democrat Gazette brings to readers every day. If you'd like to support our commitment to bringing you the latest in Arkansas news, sports, and entertainment, consider subscribing to the Democrat Gazette. With your subscription, you'll get a digital edition of the newspaper every morning, along with the latest news and updates delivered to you on an iPad provided at no extra cost. For just $34 a month, you'll get the same award-winning journalism you've come to expect from the Democrat Gazette, plus exclusive photo galleries, videos, articles, and digital extras like this podcast, all in the palm of your hand. To sign up today, call 1-800-482-1121 or visit us online at arkansasonline.com forward slash subscribe. Welcome back to Capital and Scott. In, in terms of just how farms have been surviving throughout this and maybe coming into 2022, as you just referenced with all of the price hikes, just with other issues, other, other things, the diesel and the, the fertilizer, how, how have they been surviving? How, do they, how are they affording this right now? Well, that's been a real challenge. I mean, a lot of farmers, I think uh, they have probably seen their equity erode because of the expense uh, of, of the higher input costs. And again, that, that has been compounded now by the drought. But the, the imperative for the farm, I think, in this situation is to, to make the best crop that you possibly can. That's the, the, the return. The money is invested to get this crop. The return comes from actually bringing this crop to conclusion. So there's not a good alternative to uh, to pushing through and making the best crop that you can possibly make. So at this point, as you said, we're really kind of not sure what things are going to look like, the, right. the impact on the yields. When, when do you expect to have a more clear picture on that? By the end of this month, we'll start to have a fairly clear picture. USDA actually released a crop production report today that has some preliminary estimates of yield, and uh, those are really not based on objective yield data. When I talk about objective yield data, I'm talking about we've actually got combines rolling through the field and we're harvesting and we know what the yield is off of those farms. So that kind of objective yield data is at least two or three weeks away. So 
USDA is basing these current yield estimates just on crop condition. And USDA does a weekly assessment of crop condition around the country. Based on the crop condition, yields actually look like they're holding up pretty well. Again, that's very preliminary, but I'm cautiously optimistic that yields on our crops will actually be pretty good. Probably not, uh, at least with respect to corn and cotton, probably not as good as they were last year, but much better than you might expect when we face the major drought that we faced this year. And that's a, that is indicative of the hard work of the farmers who've been out there dealing with this drought and of the resilience of the production systems that we have now. I mean, these farmers really do know what they're doing and they're doing a good job. Soybean yields actually look like they may beat last year, although it's still pretty early on, on beans to do that kind of assessment. But I say all that to say, cautiously optimistic that yields will hold up well. So it'll be an expensive crop, but we still have hopes of, of bringing in a good crop. Right. So again, as I asked you with livestock, that $100 million figure, starting to get a clearer picture of the yields. This matters for, I'm sure, a number of reasons. I mean, I would imagine it would impact something like commodity prices or something Absolutely. like futures. So what? What? why does all of this matter so much to understand? Well, let me reiterate the point you just made. Markets really care about this. The market is constantly trying to assess what the effect of the drought is. The market is trying to assess this in real time right now, today, at this moment, while trading is going on on our futures markets, what does the drought mean? There are people who are who are literally putting fortunes on the line based on what this means. So the market is constantly trying to assess this and, and that ultimately affects the commodity prices in our markets are influenced by what's going on with this drought and ultimately that affects the price of a lot of things that are downstream from those commodity markets that is the the ultimate effect now and i want to be careful with that because i don't want to give the impression and this is what you get sometimes when we get into drought and i've gotten this a lot from people who, who work in media well there's a drought and so wheat production is down i guess bread is going to get really expensive that's really not the kind of markets that we work in now. I mean, the bread is influenced by so many more things besides the price of wheat, right? The, you know, uh, fuel and labor and, and capital and all sorts of things go into those those downstream prices. But those basic commodity prices do affect a lot of things. And I don't, I don't want to overplay that. But it's certainly true that uh, if corn prices go up, it costs more to feed the chickens that we raise here in Arkansas, and that has to be covered ultimately somewhere down the road. So a whole complex of, of other factors in the economy are influenced by what goes on in these basic commodity markets. And that's the, the most immediate effect, I think, for, for the typical consumer. Uh, there are policy implications of this as well. We just talked about on the livestock side, the same thing applies on the crop side. We do have, I think, more robust programs in place on the crop side. Uh, crop insurance program is, is, is a big deal nationally. Uh, we do have federal farm programs that, uh, at least on the price side, can provide some support, which those typically aren't operative when you see production losses. But we've got uh, a set of policy instruments that can be activated and, and are frequently activated when we have these kind of disasters. And so assessing the effect of the drought and whether those, those policy instruments need to be activated or will be activated is, is something that's of immediate concern to our, to our agricultural community. I did want to ask you just for clarification, and maybe you've said this, but just after the upcoming yields um, in the, the data, the losses or however things pan out, 
like ultimately what will you do with that information more towards the end of the the year in terms of your analysis like sure we're talking about markets and how that impacts markets and how it impacts farmers bottom right. lines but is there anything else that that can be used? Well, a lot of a lot of that is going to be incorporated into kind of the normal course of business for us i mean we're constantly keeping up with markets and providing situation and outlook information and market summary information and so the drought is is a factor this this year's production is a factor you know, we're always assessing the year's production to see what the market implications are in both short run and long run contexts. And so we'll be doing that. And the drought is, is, is a feature of this year's market, absolutely, that will affect how we do that work. But that, that's kind of taken care of in the normal course of business. The big question for us is going to be, uh, does there need to be a more comprehensive assessment of drought losses uh, to inform a policy process, a policy response. And, and that's a decision that, that others will make and will be involved and will be a resource to assist with that if that request comes and we will be ready to do that. Do you feel like this is almost um, an existential threat to some farmers at this point? I don't know the health of a lot of the farms in Arkansas, but do any of these kind of pushing them to the brink well, here? Well, you know, that's a, I'm glad you asked that question, and I think that's a great question. And one thing that I always try to keep in mind when I do this kind of work is that there's always somebody for whom an event like this is an existential threat. And I think in my work, it's very easy to focus on the aggregate situation. What does this mean for markets? What does this mean in terms of policy response? There are always individual operations somewhere on the, on that margin of viability. And, uh, and yes, an event like this absolutely can push those operations beyond that margin so that they can't recover. And, uh, and it may not show up in, uh, in the market response, but that's certainly an individual tragedy anytime that happens. Farmers have gotten, in some counties here, some options recently, I believe, from the federal a federal program. Maybe you can explain it a bit more. Is that going to help? They have access to maybe money that they, if they need it, to, for some type of assistance? So to this point, I mean, a lot of the initial assistance in response to a drought tends to be uh, low interest or no interest loan access. And honestly, in, in my experience working with farmers in these kind of situations, that's typically not what they want. They don't want to take on more debt. And I think we should be sympathetic to that position. If you're, if you're dealing with a drought, take the livestock example. You're dealing with a drought, you've just seen your entire year's production of forage vanish you've had to liquidate a huge percentage of your cow herd so that you're not sure what your income position is going to be next year the year after that but you know it's going to be greatly diminished how excited are you about taking on additional debt at any cost probably not very excited and so those kind of interventions can be helpful and I, and I don't want to I don't want to dismiss those they those programs can be very beneficial but that's not the kind of thing that most farmers get really excited about in terms of hey this is really going to save me taking on an additional loan so what are other solutions well uh there have been a, the development of a lot of emergency interventions over the years uh, the, that might involve grants. It might involve feed assistance to provide some cost share on purchasing feed, for instance, or developing additional water sources, for instance. So those kind of things, the, the cost share kind of programs certainly, I think, tend to be better received than loan programs. Okay, wrapping up here, an event like this, uh, you know, it's a finite period of time. Hopefully we're coming out of it, but downstream, does this have does this have impacts a year later, two years later, three years later? The drought of two thousand twenty two is that going to be something we're talking about for a while? 
Well, <laughs> that's a, that's another good question, I, and I'll give you I'll give you my intuitive reaction to that. I don't think 22 is going to be a drought that registers really high in our historic understanding of droughts. And I'll tell you this: as a, as a native Arkansan, I grew up in Arkansas. I'm in my early 50s, and I will promise you, every Arkansan of a certain age remembers 1980 as a drought year, right? That's a benchmark year, right? That's the kind of that's the that was the the sort of historic event that stays in people's minds literally for decades. I doubt 2022 is going to be that kind of drought. 2012 maybe was that kind of drought. I think for some people probably was that kind of drought. I don't think this one will be quite that severe. And again, that's not to minimize this. Again, this is an event that may push some operations, some individual operations out of business. There will be individual tragedies out of this drought. Will it register in the larger consciousness? I kind of doubt that it will. That doesn't mean it hasn't been a bad drought. But in, uh, you know, is it a drought of historic proportions that we talk about 15, 20 years from now? I suspect it won't be, and I hope I'm right in that. All right, great. Well, thank you so much, John. I really appreciate Absolutely it. Absolutely happy to be here. That was John Anderson with the University of Arkansas. If you haven't already, check out the first episode in our series on farming and climate change. It featured Hallie Schaffner, a sixth-generation farmer in the Arkansas Delta. Schaffner shared a personal story of how the business is changing in the face of more unpredictable weather patterns. That episode aired last Thursday. Thanks for listening.